You're listening to the Hearth of Weird podcast. Where we discuss heathenry, lore, and legend. And the modern take on an ancient practice. Hello, and welcome to the Hearth of Weird podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kira. And I'm a lion. You are a lion. Named Oz. Yeah, I'm a trash panda today. Uh, Why are we doing that? Oh, there's no reason. <laughs> I just, I don't know. You came in here with your lion suit on. I had to get my animal suit on. And now we're just doing this mm-hmm. for no, no reason at all. Mm-hmm. I think it brings a special je ne sais quoi to the episode. You know, like I feel like, I do feel like we're leveling up in a way. Definitely. It's 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 for the gits and shiggles. Uh, we are getting weird though. Like. We're getting a little weird. We got to keep it. We got to keep things exciting. Keep it interesting. Keep the viewers on their toes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oz, what are we talking about today? Today, we are going to be talking about the gifting cycle, veneration, honoring, worship, prayer, uh, but primarily the gifting cycle. Yeah, which includes things like offerings and sacrifice. Things yeah. like that. Um, do you have any bullshittery you want to talk about this week? I have no bullshittery. I've been... Mostly off of social media this week. You know what? I love that. I have no bullshittery either, except like, I guess this is bullshittery. It's not like bullshit that's happening. It's actually wonderful. My parents came over for Mother's Night and celebrated with me. And it that's was awesome. really fucking nice. Yeah. Because like, to understand, my parents are not religious at all. Like they grew up Mormon, but they left the church when I was very young. Um, So they did all the hard shit. I never had to deal with religious deconstruction or had to deal with religious trauma. They did all that shit before us. So like props to them, first of all. Um, But since then, like they're very, they're very like nature associated. Like they love nature. Like they venerate nature all the fucking time. And they believe in like universal energies, you know, Um, like there is, they, I, I believe I can't speak for them, but I believe that they think that there is like some sense of divine order to things, right? Like, oh, that's just how the universe works. Listen, they're my parents. So yeah, they're hippies. They are hippie AF. These are the people that we roam around the US in our RVs with for weeks on end. Like these are absolute hippie people. Anyway, they've never come over for um, for Yule, uh, for any kind of celebration. Um, But this year they did. They came over for Mother's Night. Um, I had you know, photos and um, offerings and candles set up. And we kind of just sat around this table where I had set up, you know, this shrine essentially and told their stories and we cried and we laughed and it was really fucking beautiful. Like I love, I love that I was able to share that with them and that they were willing to share that with me. And like me and my mom are already making plans for next Yule, how we're going to make divinities. Cause that's what my grandmother made. We're going to make fudge. We're going to do like cinnamon rolls. We're going to attempt her cinnamon rolls. Like, so it's cute. And I'm like, oh, I have people to like celebrate this tradition with. But like, these are people who have also like done ritual with me. Like I have done ritual with my parents. I actually did it in their backyard after they finished their, uh, their like gazebo set up and, and set They have like a ritual fireplace in their backyard, a little baby chiminea. That's really cool. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. So like I had, I, I had my whole family together to do a ritual at one point. So, and now I'm like, Yes, come come to the dark side. <laughs> come to the dark side. We have divinity. We have fudge. <laughs> uh, but no, it was just really fucking special, and I loved it. So, like, that's me too. Like, I've kind of been staying out of the out of the things going on online, and just really enjoying the Yuletide with my fam. Um, I have been hearing that people are getting real gatekeepy about Yule. And so like, I'm happy to redirect people to our episode where we talk about, yeah, traditionally, historically, uh, Yule was the first full moon after the first new moon after the winter solstice. However, you don't have to celebrate it then. And to do so isn't wrong. And to not do so isn't wrong. Absolutely. I hate it. Absolutely. Like seasons are weird anyways. Like it's late December here in Washington state and it hasn't snowed. Really? At all. It has snowed here. We got snow before Halloween. But like that's a good point. That we 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 are not in the 
Scandinavian lands. We also don't go by a uh, lunar solar calendar anymore. And for me, I have a blended family. So I want to celebrate Yule when the rest of my world is celebrating Christmas, right? Right. Everybody is, and that's, I work with the energies present and that is the energy present right now. And so I'm going to harness that and use that and be a part of that in my own way, right? It's still going to be Yule. It's not going to be celebrating the birth of whatever deity I don't believe in like it's, but it's going to coincide with other people because we're all in that mode. And that's very real to me. Yeah. You don't I mean, like the, it's the time of year for a lot of most heathen holidays is so arbitrary and it changes everywhere. Uh, I'm like anybody who's hearing that they're doing Yule wrong, just listen to our podcast. Just listen to that episode. Cause I feel like we were very like all encompassing of whatever fucking tradition you want to have. Go for it. Yeah. If you're ever having a question about your practice, just stream all of our episodes and try to pick out how many times we tell you to just follow your own path. Do fucking heathen shit. You Do don't heathen need shit. To listen to people. No. Not um, even us. No, God, no. Don't listen to us. Turn this podcast off. What are you Immediately. doing here? <laughs> 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 all right. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into the gifting cycle. Totally. Um, I... I do feel like this is a foundational piece to heathenry. And just like with any other concept of heathenry, I feel like no matter who you're asking, you're going to get different answers. In fact, you and I see this kind of differently in some spaces. Yeah. Um, but I do. I do feel like the it is the it is a foundational piece. And it is also the one that people get tripped up on mm-hmm. all the time. They don't know how to do it. How do we give offerings? Who do we give it to? What do we give? Um, how often? What do we do after? Um, but I very rarely see people asking why we give offerings. And so that's kind of why I wanted to get into it. Because like, if you understand why you're giving the offering, then you'll know what and how and how often. Yeah. You'll be able to build your own practice. Like this is the, and when we say gifting cycle, what I'm talking about is this cycle of reciprocity, right? It is the exchange of energy, gebo. And that can look like, offerings, gifts, time, hospitality, service, things like that. So we'll get into all of that. Do you want to get into why we make offerings? Sure. Sure. We could talk about why we make offerings. Um, this is going to differ person to person. Like why why you give an offering, I believe, is going to differ person to person. Um, for me, when I give offerings to different things, um, <clears throat> Because I consider a lot of things an offering, like, um, and I consider that a lot of different things have their own like variety and flavor of sentience as well. Like I believe mm-hmm. that relationships have their own type of sentience, not like walking around talking to people, going to the grocery store type sentience, but like it exists, right? It's a thing. A relationship yeah. is a thing. So you cultivate that relationship, you nurture it, you feed it. Um, so like giving gifts to uh friends in the form of time, hospitality, literal gifts, monetary gifts. I believe that those are also offerings, in my opinion. The way that I look at offerings, those are also offerings because what I'm doing is I'm giving a gift to my friend and I'm offering to our relationship. Yeah. And like to deity, you give, I, I, give, I personally give offerings to deity kind of with the, the hope that they'll like notice me, senpai. Like, hey. <laughs> notice me. I'm here. <laughs> Hello. If you care to, you know, notice me. Yeah. Like that. Like it's a, uh, you know, <laughs> notice me, senpai. Yeah. Like, hey, I, here's no, a gift. You're right. You're here's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, notice me and then hopefully, you know, give me some of your, your blessings. And that would be fantastic. I also uh, make offerings to nature, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, just cultivates the, the relationship that I have with nature. And that's also an offering is giving, giving a gift, like taking trash. Like when, when I go places in, in nature, I pick up garbage when I see yeah. it. And I consider that an offering as well. I consider it, it an offering to Yord. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Completely agree. I'm glad that you brought that up, that it is like nurturing a relationship because it, it is. You're, you're absolutely right. And I'm not just talking about the gifting cycle with deity or with other beings. Like you're, you're totally right. Like it is, it's fundamental in building relationships with others, TM, right? right. And so that can be absolutely um, frith within our community, frith with the gods. And with the with the beings that be, uh, I I know that everybody else has different 
ideas of what Frith is. And we'll get into that at a different time. Like this is where it gets into different definitions of shit. Right. That's that's absolutely fine. Your own concept of what the gifting cycle is and how it works and what it does is, is perfectly valid as well. Um, Yeah. And I, I like that you said that too, about like, notice me because it is, it's, it's not, and we've kind of touched on this before you and I where, because I use the word debt when I'm talking about the gifting cycle and a lot of people don't like that word. Right. But like, this is something that stretches on forever. It is this continuous cycle. Um, We do give to someone, whether that be human or spirit. And in doing so, we do create a level of energy that is waiting to be met by the other party, right? And so in that, I have called that level of energy debt or obligation. I've used those words too. But at the same time, I was telling you, I was like, Kate, those words don't match. Like it doesn't match quite the concept of what I'm trying to say. Like, because I'm not talking about forcing someone to be indebted to you when you are like, so if I go over to somebody's house and I bring them a bottle of wine and thanks for them inviting me over, I am matching their invitation, right? right? They no longer owe a gift. That is a match, right? It could foster goodwill and make them want to invite me over again. So there could potentially be this level of waiting to be met here, right? Because I have then I brought them a bottle of wine that I knew they loved and I went to the store and I selected it. And they're like, "Oh, that's a really sweet gesture. Like I can't wait to have this person over again." Right. And then that'll be matched and then I'll bring a gift and then that'll you know what I mean or and I'll invite them over. And so it is it is creating it is creating almost imbalances but not really, you know, it's not obligatory. They could also be like, well, that was really nice. And maybe we'll just never call them again. Or, you know what I mean? Like, that's also totally fine. It's not creating an expectation for future action. Right. Right. No, I create it. It's just this. And it's the same. It's the same with, um, it's the same with deity and spirit to me is that we make these offerings or we make these gestures in goodwill. Wanting to foster that connection, like you said, it's all about connection. Mm -hmm. And then when, by doing so, we believe that when it's time, at least I believe, I believe that when it's time to petition, if I do ever need to ask something of deity or of a person or of my ancestors, then the gifts and the, the, the relationship that we've built will increase our favor in the cases where I would need assistance. Right. That's what the whole cycle is about, right? It's like, it's not, it's kind of like a, a double-sided a double, it's double-sided coin, you know, two sides of the same coin. Like one side is obligation. Like you have an obligation to me because I, I gave an obligation to you. On the other side is I'm not doing this because I want you to give me something, but it always starts somewhere, you know, like someone invites you to their home or someone offers you something or gives you time or reaches out when they notice that you're not doing well, which is part of the whole cycle of gifting. It's, is offering up your energy. So like the people who reach out to you when they notice that you're not doing well are going to be the ones who you just, you, you feel the need to reach out to when they seem like they're not doing well. And it's not because you owe them anything, but it is because you owe them something because they gave this to you. So you're going to give it to them, but it's not it's not for fear of like going to jail or something, you know, it's, the no. obli- it's, it's a, uh, it's healthy obligation, healthy obligation in terms of uh, this, this cycle that we have, this gifting cycle, because while at any time the gifting cycle can stop, the whole universe is built on very fundamental building blocks. Right. And one of those building blocks is equal exchange of energy. Like that's, I completely agree. that's, fundamental to physics even like equal exchange of energy is <laughs> right is constant throughout the universe well and i don't believe that it has to be 50 50 all the time you and i've talked about that too it can't right. be because no. we have different things to offer you know but in in that in that same thing if i'm having a bad day and you're having a bad day and you notice that i'm having a bad day and even though your energy is sapped right because you're dealing with your own thing and you still check in, that means a hundred times more to me than you checking in when you're doing great, you know, because it takes so much more 
to be here right when you're going through your own thing so that it it's always going to differ it's always going to vary the amount that you can show up in these relationships is going to vary um there are things that i have to do because i mean and you can relate to this we suffer from a variety of mental illnesses and so for for me um there are goals that i want to meet the only praxis that i have that is that is very regular is my ancestral veneration because and on my altar i want to keep that up i want i i value them so deeply and i want to honor them regularly and so on my ancestral altar i have a living plant and so at least once a week i am going to water that plant and as i do i am going to venerate my ancestors that is the only thing that i have that is regular and consistent because I'm, I know there's a lot of people who do everyday venerations. I know there's a lot of people who do once a month rituals. I cannot guarantee the spoons for that. I cannot guarantee right. that I'll be able to do that. But I want to show up for my ancestors, and so like I've had to give myself little tricks to keep me on to keep me on track with what goals I want to reach, what what relationships I want to continue to build and put energy into constantly, you right? Know? Consistently. We even have historical attestation of gifting cycles. It's in it's in the Havamal. It's in a, several different sagas. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, if you are looking for a book on the gifting cycle, um, I would highly recommend reading The Gift by Marcel Mauss. And that's um, M-A-U-S-S. Because that goes into uh, the gifting cycle within heathenry. Yes. But it also goes into it within society as a whole since the dawn of time. Right? I love because, that. Because like you said, it is something that is constantly perpetuated. It has mm-hmm. to be. It's fundamental right. to a society. Because um, we... Uh, I feel like we've drifted away from it now. But we we have always been collective but yeah like the this whole individualist mindset is very new for humanity you know and so it is. i think that that's why i value it so highly too is cuz it brings me back to this feeling of rightness when i am building community and building these relationships with people like that's how we used to be you know i th- i want to get back there it's, it is how we used to be. The individualist society that we have today is ev- is evident in politics all over the place, which I don't want to get into because it's just a fight that I don't have the spoons for. No, but it's always been a it's been a constant uh, conversation, right? Like if uh, if there's one book that I could recommend that's not about heathenry at all, at all, but has directly to do with the gifting cycle in the overarching like universal sense of the gifting cycle, it's this book. What We Owe Each Other by T.M. Scanlon. This is a book. T.M. Scanlon is a moral philosophy, was a moral philosophy professor. And that book right there, What We Owe Each Other, is it's directly correlated to the gifting cycle because what a lot of people that have an individualist mindset believe is I'm going to look out for me and mine. Everyone else can starve and die. It's not quite how the universe works, buddy. Sorry to burst your bubble, but like... I've used the example uh, like uh, you could live in the nicest house with the nicest yard and the most fed, intelligent and healthy family in your neighborhood. But if every other house is dilapidated, if the public school system in your area is horrific because your entire neighborhood is dilapidated, if everybody there is sick and unhealthy, you still live in a shitty neighborhood, my dude. Yeah. Like you should not be proud about gleefully watching your countrymen your fellow human beings suffer. That's never what the universe has ever been about. The universe has hinged on the equal exchange of energy since the dawn of everything. Right. Everything's always been equal exchange of energy. We do owe each other. And it is an obligation. We owe each other as human beings, as Americans, as whatever, as people on this planet, we owe each other because it's our duty to look after each other. The key word being each other, because if you are, you will also be looked after. Yeah. You will receive as well as give. That's just how that works. Exactly. And there are so many examples of how the gifting cycle, even outside of, of heathenry, is very prevalent in our in our societies. Yeah. There was a, a speech by a, uh, by a person whose name I've forgotten, unfortunately. But what he said was, when they came for the 
communists, I didn't speak out because I wasn't a communist. When they came for the socialists, I didn't speak out because I wasn't a socialist. When they came for the trade unionists, I didn't speak out because I wasn't a trade unionist. When they came for the Jews, I didn't speak out because I wasn't a Jew. When they came for me, there was no one left to speak out for me. And I believe that that is important to the gifting cycle because we do owe each other. That was called um, First They Came by Pastor Martin Nymoller. There we go. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. You're right. If we're so concerned with only ourselves, we when it's time to need to reach out for help or need to have assistance from somebody, it's not going to be there. Right. You know, so I'm glad that you feel confident. Well, you, the universal you, whoever we're talking to, you know, <laughs> who's not excited about the gifting cycle. Like, I'm glad that you you don't feel like you have to rely on anybody right now and that you've been fortunate and that you're or privileged or whatever it is. You know, you've you've made a life for yourself. But that's the funny thing about life is it never stays the same. And I'm not just talking about money either. Like you can stand alone. But then when you need if you're even if your finances are great for the rest of your life, if you need emotional support, who's going to be there for you when you need it? Because life happens. Life happens. There's always going to be something that you you will need to rely on other people for. There's never a guarantee. No. Um, so, yeah. And that's what I wanted to get into, too, is that it doesn't always have to be material. I think we've touched on that a little bit. Um, but, yeah. Do you want to get into, should we get into, like, um, the difference between offering and sacrifice? Totally. Absolutely. Okay. Because okay. I see them differently. You Me know? too. Okay. You. You you first. Okay. Um, to me, an offering is just it's a gift. That's what I like. That's what I see as an offering. It's just a gift. And it's a gift of, of whatever it is. Like when I read a book, I'm making an offering. When I sit and interact with the nature in my yard, I'm making an offering. When I pick up garbage, I'm making an offering because it's just a gift to me. A gift that uh, may not even take much, like some a few bites of my food as a gift. Uh, you know, leaving shiny things out for the crows that live in my backyard is a gift. It's an offering. Right. right. And a sacrifice is something like the the things that you give that are an offering, you might not really need, you know, it might not be that important to you, like might be really easy to give in terms of like yeah. just time, like speaking to a friend, allowing yeah. them to vent to you, giving them space, picking up trash, you know, not very difficult things to do. But a sacrifice is something that you need and that you do not get back. Yes. And, yes. and that is for a specific purpose. To me, offerings are a way of giving thanks or a way of like asking for recognition from the universe, whatever, like, Hey, I, I, you know, please know that I'm here to like pick garbage out of this river yard, you know? Yeah. But a sacrifice is because you need something. When I'm thinking of an offering, I'm thinking about, you know, maybe this will please, maybe this will please the person or the being that I'm trying to connect with. Like maybe they'll think that it's cute or like, it doesn't have to, like you said, it doesn't have to be, it does not have to be a big old production at all, right. at all. Like I'll volunteer at the cat shelter for free. I won't because I'm deathly allergic, but right. like just for an example, um, but like throwing some food or water through the land that you're about to cross through super easy. Or even a, it, it could even be a special, like a little petition, you know, like throwing some, some stuff in the lake. You know, not stuff, not like garbage. Like <laughs> stuff. A, just throw your fucking baggage in the lake. Um, but like offering to the lake spirit in, in thanks for successful fishing or in petition for a good fishing trip. Right. Or before you're hunting or whatever. Um, offering your prayer to your ancestors or whatever. Like there is there is this sense of exchange, even if I'm not requiring anything at that time. But like it's just appreciation. But you're I do see sacrifice as as giving something deeper like you said like it's high xp shit now you right. know like this is where it's like i am giving of something that is of deep value and it is a dedicated energy exchange i don't think that you just sacrifice something for nothing i mean i guess you could but i i don't think that it was done historically in that way um like if we're looking at we we you and i have always talked we we keep going back to the same saga, the Hawk and the Good saga, um, because there is such a good uh, example of sacrifice in that mm -hmm. particular story. Um, like we're talking dozens of animals sacrificed for 
the benefit of the um, harvest, the next year's harvest, like right. good wishes. Um, we've seen it also like with Seeker Bloat. Mm-hmm. Um, where sacrifice is made for the victory of the tribe, for whatever, for whatever is coming, for their expeditions they're going on, for their battles that they're about to fight. Like we're talking big, big, huge sacrifices. Um, so yeah, like it's uh, I'm not going to be sacrificing any horses because I am a modern American living in the suburbs and I don't own any horses. But it is going to be something major for me. Um, I have given up. Uh, you know, jewelry items that meant a lot for me um, as far as meaning, things that I have inherited. It does have to be something of meaning and you need to really consider what that is and make sure that it is equivalent to the petition. Well, yeah. I mean, the nature of a sacrifice, it needs to be a sacrifice. You know, like if you're sacrificing something, when people think about sacrifice in a non-religious way, they're like, oh man, I'm so poor. You know, people like Families that live in poverty all over the world will have to sacrifice, you know, they'll sacrifice full bellies to make sure that their children can have full bellies. And it was just mm-hmm. highly important. You know, being fed is very important. A sacrifice and offerings like, oh, yeah, here, have a bite of my sandwich, but I'm still going to have this. A sacrifice is getting rid of something that you need that is important to you, you know, things you don't get back. Right. And that's why I think that sacrifice or bloat is something that should be very intentional and i don't think that you should do it out of any schedule no you know what i mean so like um there are people that do a bloat or sacrifice every single month on the full moon and if that works for them that works for them but for me that's not realistic for me and i i don't want to do it because i should i want to do it because it means something to me you know Mm, yeah I don't have the spoons or the funds to sacrifice something (laughs) every month (laughs) same same um, and that's the thing too, actually, I, I would like to, to think about that too, because offerings, offerings are different because they are a little bit easier for me to work with. Um, especially when you're limited by funds, because value does change from person to person and value does change from spirit to spirit and intention goes a long way. Right. And we've kind of, we've kind of had a back and forth about this for a few years now, like how I personally believe that a a glass of water may not mean much coming from someone who has like wealth right. or or time on their hands. Um, but from somebody who has absolutely nothing to give, but still chooses to separate time and energy for a devotive act, like their prayer and their offering of water could be of great value, you know? Yeah, I agree. I've always agreed with that because you know, it's like the that age old little story about like, you know, if I gave you ten dollars, but you know, John gave you a hundred, and that was that was my last ten dollars, but John's a millionaire. Right. Like which one is I'm not gonna ask you which one's more meaningful, but the story says which one is more meaningful, you know? I gave you everything that I had and this person was just like, meh. Here you go. Yes. You know? Yes. If you don't have anything to give and you still give something, that's powerful. It is powerful, but we do wanna remember that you should not give more than you are able to. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, um, and even the Habamal says that, mm-hmm. you know, so we need to be honest with 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 ourselves about our capacity and the wisdom of our sacrifice. Because here's the thing that I am guilty of, too, is I am a big one for investing time and energy. And you know this, you've seen this. And so if there's something that I believe in that I want to foster, that I want to nourish, I will literally put my fucking all into it. And then I will burn out and I am of no use to anyone. Right. And so then how much is my sacrifice actually worth? How much was my offering actually worth when I am no longer able to show up? You know, like I would self-abandon in order to nourish something. And I'm talking like projects, relationships, careers. I've done this across the fucking board for a lot of things. And I cannot then... I cannot then keep showing up and consistency is more important than giving your all all at once. I think. Well, yeah. If you run your well dry, you're of no use to even yourself. Right. And then I can't, and then I've, I have given so much of my time and energy. I don't have anything left for my family and I need to. So that's the thing too. Like, be, be aware of your capacity and where you need to spend your energy and guard it carefully. 
The Havamal in 144 says, better to ask too little than offer too much. Um, the gift should be the boon. Better not to send than to overspend. Right. You know, so it's not really worrying. It's not really like what should be offered. I always hear the question, what should we offer? What should I offer Thor? What should I offer Freya? What, what can should? you? Yeah. And it's, it is exactly. It's what can you, even if it's a little bit of time, even if it's sitting with them quietly, having a, just devoting your time, 10 minutes. Well, there are so many. Even if it's a glass of water. Like right. it, that's what you have. There's you know? so many ways to give offerings, especially to deity. Like they represent so many things. Like you mentioned family, right? Mm -hmm. Spending time with your family is like an offering to Frigg. It is. I actually believe that. I do. I do. Um, because we are in admiration and emulating the hearth and home that she built and her dedication to her children. Or it could be the, I also connected to Seif. I also connected to Segan. Like I connected All the powerful to goddesses. Powerful fucking maternal, amazing goddesses. Um, like I, I completely agree. That's part of my Yuletide celebration actually is like that specific connection. And it's devoted to them because I am inspired by them. And see, that's listeners <laughs> take a look at, these deities that you are attempting to worship or golf or to or whatever you want to call it. I don't care what you call it. And notice what they represent because you can be giving things without actually having to like give something. Right. Time, right. space, nurturing your family, nurturing your friendships, being a good friend, bathing your children, feeding them, clothing them, reading a book. Like, these are all things that can be considered offerings to deity. If you are doing them with the intention of it being a dedicative act or a devotional act, it is an offering. Yeah. It's the, the, the matter of you setting it aside and saying, this is for Thor. I'm going to go fucking work out today. I'm going to get gain, son, for Thor. Like, that is an offering. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I'm going to go on this trip for Odin because he is a traveler and he is inspiring me to travel. I'm going to take it. I'm going to make a journal. I'm going to take photos and I'm going to put them on my altar when I get home. This is a trip for Odin. That is an offering. That's a huge offering. Actually, that's a very cool idea. But like, you know, we've talked about the types of offerings, you know, time. There's also, you know, food is a common one. Food is a very, oh, yeah. very common one. We make food for people, you know, invite them to dinner. So we do that with our real life relationships. And that's, I think that we've, kind of hopped on to that right the right headspace oz in the beginning of the, the episode when you were like it's nurturing relationships it we are doing the same thing what would you offer your friend coming over offer that to your ancestors you know what i mean like if you're gonna make dinner make dinner or you, you, and you don't have to like make it like a big fancy feast just an, a little piece of whatever you're eating or drinking or whatever at the time right you know but like Food has been including and in, included in offering since fucking time immemorial. Yeah. Like um, in the feast that we've seen. Right. Uh, but also like bread is a huge offering. Milk, honey, huge offerings. Those are all always mead. always it, mead is absolutely. Um, and I, you know what I think is fun too, when we're talking about food and drink, I like going through the lore and like seeing what, I think of their personality and what they would enjoy. Like I have, I have offered red wine and coffee to hell and I felt like that was well-received. Um, anytime I try to offer hard liquor to Freya, I don't feel like it was well-received. So <laughs> she's a champagne girly and like, that's it. But this is all my own UPG, right? This is all my own, my own explorations. And it's been a fun thing over the years to, to figure it out. Like a right. hearty stout for Thor, like a fucking porter. You wine know? for Odin. Wine for Odin. Yes, absolutely. But like, ask a hundred heathens what drinks they would offer to different gods. They're all going to have different things. So explore that. It's really, really fun though. But like, part of the offering to me in that specific exercise is looking and seeing and putting the time and energy into caring about what they would like. That's what you matters. Know? Right. And so it's really fun. Um, there is no wrong or right offering. And like you may or may not feel like it was accepted or not accepted. That changes per person too. Cause some people are like, I just put it out. Like I don't actually like try to connect and see if it was accepted or not. Like I'm just putting it out there, but sometimes it feels warm and fuzzy to me. And sometimes it doesn't. And that's just my own personal shit. 
and maybe based on my own like mystical practices or whatever you know but like sure i you know i i I don't know so don't expect to feel like a yes or no answer is i guess what i'm saying right oh you know let's answer some like preemptive questions okay you know what kinds of things are okay to offer if you're offering outside i would say nothing that nature doesn't want there you know, so like, right. don't put anything that's not biodegradable, even if it is like these modern day, like biodegradable plastics and stuff. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you want to tie up like some pine cones, you know, rubbed with peanut butter wrapped in jute twine, that's fine. Things that nature can consume. Don't leave glass, plastic, um, depending on where you are, don't leave metal because it can, you know, it can leach into the groundwater. Yes. Yeah. If it's a compostable material great um like just be aware of the materials you're using also remember that sometimes you don't have to like there are offerings that i've made that are just permanent installations on my altar yeah you know like it doesn't have to be something disposed of either um most of the time the offerings i make during ritual go right into a fire yeah so i don't really have to worry about the disposal of them um but yeah if if you are burying something in the earth, because I've I know, especially on like TikTok, everybody's like, after your offering is done, you have to go out and bury it in the earth. And I'm like, no, you don't. You can just you throw it in the that. garbage. You can just throw it in the garbage if you want to. Yeah. You know, like if you are burying it in the earth, please be responsible and think about your please. Yeah. You know, if it's if you just want to like scrape some food off of a plate into a hole, do it. That's great. That's fine. Yeah. Just be mindful of the animals. And who might come across that specific offering? Yeah. Maybe don't toss like gummy worms and stuff out there, like candy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's going to make somebody sick. Somebody meaning like An animal. my raccoon brethren. My Brever- raccoon brethren. Brethren. <laughs> brethren. <laughs> Another question I know that I get asked about offerings is like, should I come back and check? Like, how do you know it was accepted? Honestly, I just assume it was. It, you know, I get that warm and fuzzy. And then I'm like, okay, good to go. Um, For food offerings, I usually will leave it out as long as I am eating at the very least, sometimes a couple more hours than that. Um, And then I'll toss it because it's done. We're done. Um, Drinks, I will usually leave out overnight. Uh, But you don't have to. That's just my own personal practice. Um, Yeah. Uh, Whatever feels good. Right. I agree. I mean, for me, like if it's a food, an offering of food, I'll leave it out all night. And um, one of the things that I have told people is uh, if you notice animals taking it, animals, insects, um, you know, little critters of any kind, uh, to me, it's entirely my UPG. That, to me, says that it has been accepted and it is currently Agreed. being taken. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And that's, yeah, when we're talking about outside offerings, I will just leave it. Mm-hmm. I will just leave it. I don't, I don't worry about it. I'm, that's why I make sure that it's safe. Because that's what it's for. If I'm outside doing that offering of food or drink, like that is what I will do. If it's inside my home, I'm not going to leave it out all, all night. Right. Um, did I tell you that Artie ate the offering plate that I made yeah. for Mother? <laughs> <laughs> so you may have a roving husband come and pick up your offerings. Hey. Maybe that is acceptance by the ancestors. They are acting through him. <laughs> An offering to Glenn. By consumption. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. I was cackling. I'm like, that was a plate for the mothers. How dare you? And he's like, what were you going to do with it? And I was like, toss it. And he's like, well, it went to fueling (laughs) a living descendant of the ancestors. (laughs) A living descendant of the mothers. (laughs) It's like hours later, too. It's just sitting out on this plate for hours. Like, we're talking at least four hours of it just sitting out. Oh, my God. It was so funny. I just, I fucking cackled. I'm I'm considering it an acceptance. <laughs> Same, absolutely. I'm also convinced that Artie also is a bunch of trash pandas just wrapped up in khaki shorts and New Balances. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> He's a human garbage disposal. Nothing is safe. So we talked about devotional acts too for offerings, and it's I mean that's my favorite type of offering. Like absolutely, my favorite type of offering because I feel like the spirit and the intention behind it is always so like strong and clear and i'm never limited by budget which is a problem you know like uh 
And like we talked about, like traveling for Odin or caring for the elderly or the sick um, for hell or even helping somebody through grief for hell. I like I liked uh, when I was working with Freya, I would often give to women shelters and people that help empower women. Uh, that was one of my favorite ones for Freya. For ancestors, ancestors like making my grandmother's recipes, telling her stories. I go fishing for my grandfather. He taught me how to fish, you know, and I still go up to that same lake several times a year that he would take us to. And then I'm raising my descendants in that way. The raising of children is honoring your ancestors yeah. in so many ways. Oh, yeah. You know, like I... I'm raising them to garden. I'm raising them to be independent and to walk the same paths that my ancestors paved and be self-reliant and to do, do all these incredible things that my grandparents taught me. In addition to healing the things that I learned that were not the greatest. <laughs> Which is kind of a twofold thing, right? Like yeah. it could be devotional to ancestors and a devotional to a goddess or three. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, just any of any of these ways that you can connect deeper to your path is great. Is great. Um let let's talk about let's talk about the words though. Let's talk about the words. Can we get into this now? Absolutely. Let's get okay. into it. Okay. I'm because... so glad you asked. <laughs> let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um so me and Oz personally in all of our working together over the last three years have come across these words so often. And there's a lot of argument that happens on social media, especially about um, which words are the correct ones. Um, like how you can't, I'm not, I'm not worshiping. I'm venerating. I'm not praying. I'm working with, and it's just that it, mm, we're going to get into it. So one of the things that I really enjoy about, the word venerate, right, is, um, and I, for the purposes of this particular section of the episode, I'm going to be using the Merriam-Webster dictionary definitions for these words in particular. Great. Uh, venerate is to regard with reverential respect or with admiring deference, mm -hmm. right? And so to contrast that with worship is to honor or show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power. But yeah, venerate and worship mean the same thing. But people don't want to use the word worship because it feels like supplication. They feel yes. like they have to bend the knee. And that's understandable because there's a lot of deconstruction that has to happen coming into heathenry. And it's a completely understandable uh, hang up to have because these words are used, you know, primarily in Abrahamic beliefs. And so people come to heathenry, they don't want to feel like they're being shoved to their knees by their deity. They want to feel empowered by their deities. And so it makes sense when they think about the word worship to not want to have to use that word and they want to use venerate instead, even though, as we just saw, the definition is... It's essentially the same. Basically the same thing. Because it is. It is simply an act of honoring, right? Like yeah. when we're talking about when we're talking about veneration, we're talking about worship, when we're talking about honoring, all of it simply means that you respect and admire the person that you are showing that honor to, you right. know, through your offerings, through your sacrifices, through your whatever it is that you're trying to do, through the the attempt to um build that relationship. Like it is it is all about respect and admiration. And I I do, I do think that worship just comes with for some people, it can come with trauma. Yeah, for totally. For some people, it can come with like, oh, I don't ever want to hear that word again. I right. spent my whole life, I spent my whole life worshiping. But, and that's the other thing too. Worshiping can be associated with fear for that reason too. Because a lot of the time when you're in a member of an Abrahamic faith, um, to, to worship is fear-based. Right. You yeah. are fighting to be worthy of this afterlife you're fighting to be worthy of the attention of this this god right god fearing yeah, is what people god fearing people yeah <laughs> they want to they're they're aspiring to be someone who is in fear of or you know and there's there's not a lot of empowerment there there's a lot of giving of yourself actually and everything belongs to god all of your achievements belong to god and like so i understand that the coming out of that programming is rough you know like i can't even imagine i can't i'm so i'm so glad that i never had to really do that you know um 
But I guess the point we wanted to make is that we just wanted, they are the same. They are the same. You can choose to use whatever words you want, but we have had so many people fight us on that. Like I'm not worshiping or I'm not praying. You know, like the word prayer oh. brings up a lot of those feelings for people. Which is always very interesting to me as well. Um, because prayer just means an address such as a petition to a God, to God or a God in word or thought. So an address, of course, just means you are addressing it, them, yeah. right? You're just, you are speaking to them. That's what prayer is, whether in in word or in thought, right? So like right now, I'm speaking to you directly. So I am addressing you. Right. So it's technically, I'm praying to you. If you were a God, yeah, baby, I'd be praying to you me. right now, right? So <laughs> prayer is just addressing. when When you speak to a God, what you are doing by definition is prayer. Right. You know? Right. Um, and, and that's the other thing too, is that there's a lot of people who come with that same, the same, the same hangups, the same apprehension about reluctance. Yeah. Yeah. Like supplication. They don't like that word either. They don't um, like, they don't like the word submiss or submiss. Nope. Submiss. Submiss. I'm glad you mentioned both of those words because they mean wildly different things. Right. Well, like supplication is a form of prayer, right? But it is simply a petition, essentially, right? Yeah. Like it is literally just just asking someone humbly for something. Yeah. Like that's it. And 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 honestly, when you are asking deity or ancestor to intervene and petitioning them. You are being humble because you recognize that you are limited by your mortal means, right? And your you should be. Yeah, right. And you should be because these beings are worthy of honor and respect. Mm-hmm. And so you come at them from a place of honor and respect. You humbly come to them and be like, listen, this is beyond me. You know, I don't want to have to do this, but I'm hoping that you guys can intervene in some way. Like asking something beyond our realm to help with the affairs of this realm, you should be supplicating you should be coming at it humbly and with respect you know right. and that's okay there's nothing wrong with that no not at all and if you are even if you're not coming at it from a place of respect and and humbleness right you're still praying if you're talking to a god you are still praying you are still <laughs> praying yes correct correct um the the other thing i wanted to touch on too was this whole this whole um there seems to be this negative idea around kneeling to the gods you know like um there's and i think that that also comes from the abrahamic uh trauma right i think so too because i don't you're not required to kneel you're not required to kneel but there is there is evidence that the you know at the very least like the germanic pagan tribes um would throw themselves down on their knees, splay their hands out before them, bow, scrape, yeah. essentially. Like, they would not lower themselves because I don't find it to be lowering. I feel I find it to be a gesture of honor, again. Yeah. Um, like, I, I don't believe that that getting on your knees and admitting that you are, like, a lesser being than the gods is anything demeaning at all. It is not lessening to you. No. It is an acknowledgement to them. Right. And so I feel like if we get ourselves out of how does this make me look and instead get to this place of what kind of honor is that showing who I am revering, right? Right. Like, you don't need to kneel. If you don't feel like kneeling, don't kneel. Do The, the point of the fucking thing is do what gets you in the right headspace to connect. Exactly. So if that means standing at your altar, if that means standing outside with your arms splayed wide open, if that means kneeling before your altar, if that means whatever it is, all it's about is the headspace and the connection. Yeah. That's what it is about. Absolutely. And so you need to do whatever works for you. If there is trauma around kneeling, do not kneel. Right. Right? Sit in like, your lounge chair. Sip some yeah, whiskey. Absolutely. Talk to Odin. Like. Right. Absolutely. I love that. Uh, whatever it is that creates that environment where you can take it from mundane life to a, a sacred space and right. connect from there, you know? Um, submission, which is an act of submitting to the authority or control of another, which 
is not what supplication is. No, no. And like, honestly, submission um, to me is simply acknowledging that something is greater than you, right? That there is a superior, there's, it's a, it's a greater force than you. It has more power than you. And so to me, it's very easy for me to say that the gods have greater power than me. Yeah. I mean, it's super easy for me to say that. I don't know of any person at the very least that can like pick up a piece of driftwood and go and make a person out of it. <laughs> right. Right. And I don't mean, I don't feel like that means that they're shoving me down into the mud. I think people have the wrong idea of what submission is too. Oh yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm saying that you're a greater power than me and I am humbly asking for your attention or whatever, or I'm giving thanks or whatever. In doing so, I am saying that there's a greater power here. Right. You know? Well, they're and literally it's, it's, gods. <laughs> it's very point blank for me. And that's the thing too, that I hear a lot of people say, I walk side by side with my gods. And I understand that. Um, I understand that mentality and I love that mentality. And I actually don't hate it for the empowerment there. Right. I love that they feel empowered. I love that they feel like they are equals and then they don't have to kneel or beg or whatever. But it's not entirely true. Our gods have never asked us to throw ourselves on the ground. Right. You know, and to beg and plead and be and to lower ourselves, intentionally lowering ourselves. We are not worthy because we are. We are worthy. Right. right? We are worthy. But we are also lesser beings. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to be like weird about that, but like I personally could never find myself as being Freya's equal. Well, no, I think it's a silly ideal, honestly. Like people can believe whatever they want to believe, but we are humans. We're not gods. We are not equal by definition with a God. We are not. We can create life through biology. We cannot create life through magic, through the manipulation of primordial forces in the universe the way that gods can. Gods, by definition, have some kind of control over our reality, our realms. Like when Odin walks in different places, storms calm. And I know that a lot of people believe they can do that too, but I don't. I don't believe I... that they can. I do not look at a volcano and say, we are the same. Right. It's we more powerful. The... <laughs> it is more powerful. I do not look at a hurricane and say, hey, buddy. You know what I mean? Like, right. this, this is what I'm seeing. <laughs> when I'm saying the gods, I'm looking at huge forces, huge forces beyond my scope of understanding. Literally, like, the movements of the universe, right. you know? like natural forces not just one but several you know like i'm looking at the sea i'm not equal to the sea i know i cannot stand next to the sea i cannot walk alongside the sea i'm not going to say that i can walk alongside ran no that bitch no. scares me to be honest like that's the the depth and the, the the unknown of the sea is something that i can't comprehend and so to say that I could walk next to that and that I am the same being as that, I am equal to that. The sea is not asking me to go on the beach and bow to it every day, you know? Right. It just exists. But I can submit to that idea that I am less than the sea. That's the one we forgot. Worked with. Oh, that's the with. one that yeah. most people talk about. I yeah. am so glad that we remembered to bring that up because they don't feel like um there's anything submissive in that in that phrase work with right they don't feel like there's anything lowering or lessening in that phrase which i think is what most people are trying to avoid when they use work with it's always been a weird concept to me honestly because like you can work with things that are more powerful than you you can work with things that are less powerful than you and you can work with things that are equally as powerful as you are yes. you know like yes. we work with tools because our hands are not as powerful as the cold steel head of a hammer correct you know right and it is it is it is um essentially building something together yeah and i know that that makes people feel much more empowered that makes them feel much more empowered. 
But there is still this piece that needs me to like acknowledge that the reason that I'm asking the gods to work with me on something is because they're a greater power. Because I need help. Yes, exactly. Cannot do it alone. And so that is still that is still a petition. That is still supplication. Yeah, it's you know? still worship. It's still it's prayer. It's still humbling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. But use the words that you like. You know, it, it doesn't matter. I think that the reason I wanted to bring it up though was because people argue about it so often. They're like, I don't venerate. I don't. I don't worship. I venerate. I don't worship. I work with. I don't pray. I work with. And I'm like, okay. Essentially, they're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. All There's the just same. different. If you haven't worked through the pain of the other words, then don't use them. But acknowledge at least that that might be something that you need to work through. This is what I mean when I, when I, um, this is another reason that I'm just like, when people say that they are the living incarnation of hell or they are the living incarnation of Odin or whatever, we have seen this many a time in our years together on social media. And Pass. it's just like, you're really not. You are Jacob from Ohio. Like, you are not right. Odin walking the earth. I'm so sorry. Like, right. It's just, it's not going to happen. If he like, was going to come to the earth, he could at any time, has. He yeah. doesn't need to be reincarnated through a being who was raised by a Midwestern mom who enjoys jello salad. Like, that's not, that's yeah, not what's no, happening. No, Tiffany from Orlando is not the reincarnation of Freya. <laughs> it's, it's okay that we are not these beings and that we and it's okay that we want to create relationships with these beings to you know to to increase our fortunes or increase our luck or or simply just give thanks for what we've already been given you know what i mean like that's that's cool people are repulsed by the idea of submission or supplication or worship or any of those words and i really i really think that it has to do with the the programming of abrahamic faiths that they were raised in well yeah i mean there is power in submission but that's not for this podcast (laughs) (laughs) there is though and like it's kind of like what we were talking about in the last episode though where we see the valkyries serving odin that service the service of the food and drink to the inherior to odin that that is service that is honor you know yeah that's that's a recognition even in that story okay that's what I mean. Like, it's not lessening. It's not demeaning. No. It's an, it's an act of honor. It's a powerful so, stance because they don't require right. it from us. They don't ask us to do that. We give it to Correct. them freely because we are also powerful. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. It yeah. doesn't make us weak. It doesn't no. make us less than. Giving this supplication or submission or whatever you want to call it to a deity willingly of your own sound mind and body saying to this deity, hey, you are more powerful than me. I recognize that. So I'm humbly like, here is, here's me, you know, there's power in that because you're giving freely of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all part of the gifting cycle. It's all a part of it. And it's, it's, yeah, it's just an, it's an, it's honoring. And I'm just, I feel, I feel honored that I know how, and I know why, and that I can take part in it. And I can build relationships with these unseen beings just as easily as i can build relationships with people like right in front of me like you and now you do too listeners and now you are all empowered (laughs) you understand why we give offerings who we give them to how often depends on your spoons baby like whatever you feel is right for your practice go into it understanding why i don't want anybody to do heathenry by rote no i don't want and don't feel like you have to if you're not ready to give an offering yet don't give an offering yeah you know think about it easy peasy and think of where you want to start, who 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 you want to build a relationship and why, you know, and that can take as much time as you want to. I know people who have practiced for years and years and have never worked with deity. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't pray, that you can't worship, you know, just because one person on a heathen path uses a certain set of words for themselves doesn't mean that you can't use those words for yourself. If So if you are a person who does still have that religious trauma or the pain that you're that you're working through regarding words like prayer or worship and you don't want to use them just like we have both said this entire episode go right ahead don't use them you don't have to right but you do not get to tell other people that they can't use them or that what they're doing is not worship or prayer because right. if they have done that work and they have endured that healing and they connect with the word worship and prayer then that's perfectly valid for them can you pray to Norse gods? Yes. Do mm-hmm. you have to? 
not necessarily. You don't have to work with gods at all. Is right. speaking with them prayer? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, <laughs> Because that's the thing. I have you and I have both been in TikTok lives where we hear people loudly and vehemently say, "We don't kneel to our gods. Right. We don't. We don't kneel to our gods. Like we walk alongside our gods." And I'm like, "I kneel if I feel like it. Sometimes I don't, but like it, there's nothing wrong with that. There's I, nothing wrong with it. Is the point? I'll there's... absolutely go out in my backyard and get on my hands and knees so that I can feel the energy of Yord. Hundred percent. Oh, it's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. Also, remember, listeners. Though you may be a wolf of Odin and not a lamb of God, you know what wolf, you know what the primary uh, attribute of a wolf in a wolf pack is? Submission. <laughs> oh my God. Why do you have to growl submission into the microphone? <laughs> the only thing is that it's not fear-based. And I love that. I would never do anything out of fear. No. You know, like, and so I love that. I do see the difference in being a lamb of God and a wolf of Odin because you're not afraid. You're choosing to be a part of that pack, right? If we're going to keep on with the awful metaphors, like, <laughs> you are choosing to be a part of that, right? And you are still empowered. You can still protect yourself. You still got teeth. You're still a fucking predator. <laughs> oh, you know what I want you to do real quick? Yes. Before we end the episode, do you still have the Havamal verses pulled up about offerings and gifts and stuff? I sure do. Because I think, and that's the thing too, like I, I really enjoy the Havamal for the guidance it provides there are things that i don't live by because they don't align with my own personal moral code i i think that it speaks really really um really well and often of the gifting cycle and why we do it and what you can gain from it too it does i'm gonna be using um james chisholm the translation just keep it uh the same across the four stanzas so stanza 42 says, a man shall ever be a friend to his friends and give gift for gift, laughter for laughter, but give lies for lies. Now, I know that you disagree with the last part of that stanza, but I think the rest of it is really, really good. Um, you know, give you it's it's it details the gifting cycle. Give a gift for yeah. a gift, laughter for laughter, like give that equal exchange of energy to your friends. Yes. And the end, of course, is even if that exchange of energy is negative. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing too, like I personally, so like, I think that it speaks to the lies for lies thing is like, if they have lied to you, you don't have to honor them by giving them truths. Like you don't have to, you don't have to show up in a way that they didn't show up for you. And I get that, right? Totally. But I personally don't lie. And so I could not, even if they do, I'm still not going to do that. Totally. You know, but that's just my own. And that's again, where I'm like, it's, it's gray for me. I understand the sentiment. But the literal, like if I took it literally, which I don't usually take much of the lore literally, um, you know, uh, I I wouldn't ever do that. So for me, that's like, eh, but, but, but it does give you an idea of the values of the time where it's like, if they are no longer honoring your friendship, you don't have to show up either. Right. Period. And it's like, okay. Right. So you get it. Exactly. We got Havamal stanza 44 says, if you know that you have a friend and that he is true and that you will get good from him, share your mind with him, exchange gifts and visit him often. Yeah. Just more speaking toward the cycle of gifting, right? Back and forth, back and forth. Yes. Uh, Havamal stanza 48. He who gives gladly lives the best life and seldom has sorrow. But the unwise suspect all and always pine for gifts. To me, this says give freely and willingly without the expectation of return. And you can live happier if you're not constantly looking for someone to give you a gift or to reciprocate your gift in some way. And while you are setting up yourself for the exchange of the gifting cycle and you're creating the, you know, the the where to meet you expecting that someone does meet you there can end up making you sad. My dad used to say all the time to me, expectation leads to resentment. It absolutely does. And I, I, I find myself in this trap all the time to get personal and to get real. Like I give everything I have to everyone. And when, like when it is not returned to me, I do find myself disappointed. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't fair of me to expect them to return in the same way either. Like, I think that I do it in hopes that I find someone, find people, and I have found several people in my life that meet me in the same way, 
like the meanings mean the same thing. Right. The devotion to our friendship is the same level. Like we, we feel the same and we meet each other at, at that same energy exchange all the time. Yeah. Right. But there have been people that I have expected when I go all out for them and then it comes time for them to show up for me that they don't show up for me. And it has hurt my feelings before, you know, it's devastated me, honestly, but I, it, it's unfair of me to think that way. And so it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder to give freely. And, um, I think that I originally go into things thinking that I'm giving freely, you know, because I don't need anything at the time. And that's why I kind of want to talk about that in the top of the episode. I didn't need anything at the time. I'm just giving of what I have. But right. then when I do and people can't meet me, meet me there or show up for me in the same way or look like they even want to, or right. they totally forsake our friendship and just kind of fuck off, which happens. It hurts. It, it hurts. It does. But it I does. shouldn't have held those expectations in the first place. Actually, you know what? I'm no. going to take that back. You should. I should. And that's the thing. And uh, okay. So it can lead to disappointment. It can lead to disappointment, but I don't feel like expecting people to show up in the same way you show up for them is too high of an ask. Right. I also am a very rational person. So I understand and have compassion that people will not. Um, but I do expect them to show up in the way that I know they can. Well, you yeah, know? there's a difference between doing something with the expectation of getting a return and doing something with the expectation that if you did need something, people that you have given to would reciprocate. You know, it's like that's kind of how friendships work. Like um, if you're going to give of yourself to your friends, you should be able to expect that they're going to give of themselves to you. Yeah. It's, it's not always going to work out. It's not always going to work out. And it's going to be disappointing. It's going to hurt feelings, right? Yeah. So the last stanza is 52. Give not great gifts. You can win praise with little. Half a loaf and half a cup won me fellowship. Which is what we spoke about earlier, where give what you can, you know? You don't have to give extravagantly if you can't. Well, and like even people who have many things, you know, um, like, cause I know a lot of people who are very well off, but if I show up with a small gift that just said, I was thinking about you, it means something. Yeah. Even if they have everything, they're just like, oh, thank you so much. Right. You know, I like it. I like it. I feel like we've talked about practical application. We've talked about how it shows up in the lore and why it's important. I think we're, I think we're good. I think we're good. And if you guys have any questions about the gifting cycle or anything that we talk about in any of our episodes, drop us a comment. And we'd love to interact with our listeners. We do. We do. Or write us an email. You can always email us at uh, hearthpodcastteam at gmail.com. Um, we love to hear from you guys. We love getting listener emails that we'll either respond to or we might even respond to on the podcast. Yeah. So send us your questions, your queries, your, your how-tos. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Hearth of Weird podcast. <laughs> okay, Bye-bye. bye. Bye. Was really nice. You're listening to the Hearth of Weird podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. And follow us on TikTok at Hearth of Weird Podcast to stay up to date on all things heathenry. Every small interaction you have with us helps us grow. And we appreciate it so much. You can email us directly with all of your heathenry questions at hearthpodcastteam at gmail.com. Be well, and as always, thank, thank you, you for, for listening. listening.